Okay, a very good afternoon to everybody. Um, welcome to this week's podcast. We are extremely delighted this week. Um, we've actually got Nicholas from Oryx who's going to come and talk about it. The main theme that we're talking about today on this week's is uh, very, very exciting news and our recent partnership. Arcadum and Oryx are now partnering and we're really looking forward to, to getting the message out there and getting our content and our games out there. So a very good afternoon to you guys. Lovely to have you on board again. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. Uh, thank you for having me. Lovely to have you, Nicholas. It's great to have you on board. Um, so I'm just going to dive straight into the questions as we do each week. Um, and the first one really is to talk about how this fantastic partnership first sort of came about, if you will. Um, the partnership kind of came around because I've known the Oryx team for a long time and I know Nicholas quite well and we just kind of got, you know, discussing just in Arcadum and the games in general. And I've always loved working with Oryx and then we just kind of took it from there and it snowballed into the current partnership because it was a great opportunity for Arcadum. Nicholas will probably tell you a funnier story, um, but for, for me it's more, you know, it was just a great opportunity for us. The guys at Oryx are fantastic. I've worked with them for nearly two years now and I've never had an issue at all. They're just great. Yeah, so it's the same for myself. I worked with um, myself and Philip worked with Oryx in, in uh, previous uh, roles. And they've always been very professional. That's why we're very delighted to have them on board to uh, provide RGS for our, our future games. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to tell the embarrassing story, obviously. No, I live jokes, uh, joke aside. So uh, I, I, met the, I met the guys here uh, uh, initially, I believe it was in, in the UK, in London. That's correct. So we were, so we were, both of them were working for, for another brand at that time. So uh, we met, we met actually at the dinner party um, was, you know, so we, we goofed around for a little bit, uh, <laughs> came, started talking and, uh, and really just started, uh, you know, talking about some other deals we were discussing back then, but then we kind of stayed in touch, uh, started discussing also from Philip. Uh, he had, he showed me his ideas for the games, uh, stuff like that. Christian uh, joined in later. He was more of a... Uh, you could say C-level guy at that point as well, <laughs> so a little bit more uh, scattered. But uh, then we started to talk about um, Philip's games ideas. We started kind of um, discussing what we could do with them. Um, I, I, I made, you know, I even made some recommendations as to where I would start uh, if I was in a similar, similar position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from from there, we kind of, I kind of, I really got. Um, uh, enchanted, if you can say it like that, with, mm-hmm. with essentially how how much details actually he he did with those concepts. Even though it, at that point there were only concepts, right? But so much uh, so much uh, thought and and care went into that that I was uh, kind of convinced they're gonna be a success even back then. Um, and awesome. that was how we initially met. We started talking. Um, I was kind of low-key hoping we would kick off the partnership straight away, but you know, didn't pan out that way. Takes but time. <laughs> takes time to get it sorted, and, uh, and here we are today. Huh? So, who was it? Who did that? Obviously, you know, you, you you talk about that just briefly, just about the fact that you know you you almost became friends, you guys, because you'd sort of worked with each other previously. So, who reached out to who in order to sort of say, you know what, I love your concepts, I love your ideas, let's now actually go into business and 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 let's put that together. It was kind of kind of weird because no one kind of just reached out to either one because we just talked every day and then it just came up in conversation. And then, as I said, it just snowballed from there. And then, you know, look where we are now. Evil Elf is going to go live on it soon. And then all the rest of the content is as well. So 
it, it was one of those great deals where it's just natural and you, you don't you're not rushing from either side and it just feels good from all parties so it wasn't one pushing from either side it was 50 50 all the way Sorry, Nicholas, go ahead. Sorry, if you wanted to say. Yeah, so I just wanted to kind of take a, you know, a little jab at, at Philip. <laughs> oh, okay. Bluffing, <laughs> 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 so, I'm ready, let's go. Yeah, so so we, then, then we, uh, you know, uh, Philip has this funny take. I, I, I imagine a lot of talented creators do. So, uh, and I think I think we, we worked it out a little bit uh, now uh, through, throughout the, the time we, we know each other, right? Um, so he had this, so I, I, I remember the first time he uh, essentially pitched this, this concept, those five <laughs> games to me. And I was like, this guy just doesn't, doesn't, you know, he just doesn't stop talking, right? He was going yeah. for an hour and we were like game three, right? I was fine. Yeah. yeah, that was, uh, I've, I've learned a lot since then. You know, uh, I, don't, I don't pitch as, I don't pitch as long. Um, but luckily for, for me now, we have, you know, such a great team behind us with the art team and everything. I actually don't have to pitch the games that much. I'm just like, look at the games. Look at them. Um, but back then, it's a sheet of paper, so I'm like, oh, imagine this amazing world and blah, 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 blah. An hour later, third game, oh, got two more games, hurry up, okay. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I've learned a lot since then. No, but it, yeah, but, but you know, that's not a bad thing. It, it is if you if you want to do a short, short-term short sales pitch, right, a quick one. <laughs> yeah. But but for me, it was not a bad thing. It, for, for me, like I said, it showed me how much you really cared about the games, right? Mm. So even though it was the really long, Two hours, right? Because we even <laughs> went into the math model. <laughs> Philip is he doesn't mess around. He goes in 50 games. Here you go. Here's 50 games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not even a joke as well. We have 50 games <laughs> currently designed. Yeah, uh, but it's now it's fun. Um, as again, you know, this is why the partnership's so good because we can have a joke with each other as well. You know, it's business, but we actually do really get on and you can see that through the marketing we do and the kind of collaborations we do it's, it's we, we have fun while we're doing it which is which is half the battle guys do you know what i mean because yeah. i think if you can go into partnership with a company that you can get on very well with the people it makes it makes everything that we do extremely easy it really does so nicholas i suppose a, a couple of questions i want to fire at you just for this sort of audience and the listeners to sort of get to know oryx a little bit better um, so obviously they're excited to learn a little bit more about it. So can you give us an overview of Oryx as a company itself? So Oryx Gaming was essentially was founded in uh, uh, 2010 and uh, from there. So we initially started as a, actually a platform provider. Uh, we had like a major uh, platform in Germany at that time, uh, which is still active to this day, uh, online casino Deutschland. Uh, and that was the initial one. That was the story that started uh, kind of everything. And from there, we started uh, to expand as a company. So we, we still provide platform services and platforms as such uh, up to this day. But we have also diversified a lot. So we were, were offer also uh, other verticals. So we provide the content aggregation. Uh, and uh, also, um, we have a strong RGS team, which allows uh, studios like... Uh, like um, Arcadem to build their games onto our RGS uh, and then deploy them from there. So lately, uh, let's say, I would say uh, in the last year or so, uh, I have been pri primarily focused on, on growing that part of uh, our operations. Um, so we currently have eight partners uh, on that um, on the RGS side um, and uh, at different stages of, um, let's say, popularity at this point. So we have some really new, fresh, uh, indie content providers, which really, from my perspective, are are, are the ones that bring uh, new ideas uh, and, yeah. and new concepts to the table. So I really like to work with them. Um, they also have a lot of creativity, and you can you can see it that you know 
they didn't just come here and just I want to do a simple game, just earn some money and do it. No, they want to kind of change the market and how the games are perceived, played, uh, and accepted. And that's why I like to work on this part uh, the most. But we also provide uh, other services as Oryx. Uh, we have, for instance, a, a lottery. We provide managed services for platforms, stuff like that. So we do a really wide variety of services here at Oryx. So. Uh, I won't, I won't bore the audience with too many details. Uh, no, listen, they, they, they want to know. I'm, I'm not even joking. Because the next <laughs> question is, you know, what's Oryx's content hub? So, you know, they, they, they want to know a little bit more about, probably a little bit more detail about sort of what that is and, and you know, what that means. Yeah, so, so the, the hub is something uh, we use to refer to the platform, which essentially takes care of the wallets, which, uh, which we refer to the operators as. Uh, so um, any operator that integ integrates with Oryx is part of, the, part of the Oryx hub. And then on the other side, we have the content, uh, the content so the game providers we integrate. So we, we are quite a substantial aggregator at this time. We have over 100 game providers integrated. So we, this reaches from big names like um, uh, Red Tiger, uh, Pragmatic Play, um, down to names like uh, Tom Horn, uh, for instance, uh, and others. So we have a lot of content on that uh, part of the business, but that's, for me, uh, that's purely reselling, right? So you buy that content at a certain rate and you sell it to your uh, operators. So very straightforward business. And then we have the RGS part, like I mentioned, which, which is my preferred, uh, let's say, working environment because I love to work with studios in, in a way where you take someone who has a concept, an idea, uh, and you try to grow it with them. So we offer them our technology, which is essentially, we like to say, limitless. We, we are very proud that uh, we don't really impose any limitations in our uh, RGS development. So if you have an idea as a studio, we are able to support that idea, implement it, uh, and execute it. So this goes from, um, I could say, individual jackpots within game, which are player-specific to other in-game features like progression bars uh, and, and others. So, so we don't really limit our studios. And uh, something we are also very proud of, and I have to mention, uh, is we also work uh, a lot with uh, Japanese-facing studios. So we are also quite versed in doing patchy slot games, which are... Um, much more complicated than what we know here in Europe. So usually a comparison would be something, uh, a math model which we spend, uh, for instance, uh, and this is just an example for which we would spend here 25 hours on to calculate it, uh, would be six times that amount for Apache slot because mm -hmm. it's complex. Uh, and I think it goes to show um, how uh, worst we are in being an RGS provider. So we're going to be onboarding more studios going forward. But, but what we really want to do is grow the ones we have, right? So make them succeed, um, raise the brand awareness, build the brand, uh, and just scale it, scale it from there. Um, I think we, have, we are, we are at, at a really good point because the network we have right now is, is really wide. We, have a, we can reach a lot of people globally uh, speaking. Um, so we do focus a lot in the regulated markets, uh, reaching from Croatia, Romania, Spain, uh, Sweden, um, and also, obviously, everything that's covered by the MGA license and we try to supply as much content as possible. Um, but obviously also retain players on that content and grow it. Do you think that, that in itself, because um, you know, it's really interesting listening to you about the sort of level, because you're just as passionate these guys are in wanting to help people and wanting to sort of help these studios be successful. Do you think that's been part of your success story for, for Oryx as well? I would say so. 
you have different types of, of RGS providers out there. I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna be naming any names. I'm not gonna be um, taking any jabs at those. But you know, you have you have your RGS providers. We just you know offer offer you essentially a platform onto which you can develop. But you're kind of on your own from there. And I don't necessarily agree that that's the right approach to do these things because, especially if you work with young studios with, and consecutively with young people as well, um, who who you know are let's say they are experienced to some degree in the industry, but they're this is a new vertical for them. So you know you have to all of a sudden you it's easy to be a you know um, let's say. A, uh, account manager within uh, a certain established brand and you just sell an established uh, established games and you know you, you, the only question for you is what's your margin essentially right and then you take make this transition from be, from being that guy to being someone who, who's responsible for all the delivery dates to managing the entire product uh, to understanding what is not working within your product what needs to be adjusted and so much details and I think a good RGS provider recognizes that and kind of takes their experience and shares it onto the studios, right? Um, I can totally agree there, Nicholas. I mean, as someone who's going through that process you just mentioned now, um, having the support of Oryx, you know, who wants to provide that support and help you with certain things, maybe some of the marketing pushes or just the development and the reach that they have is, you know, vital to, you know, companies like ourselves because we learn just as much as you know, we provide onto Oryx's platform. So for us, it's kind of a win-win. And as Nicholas said, um, the support Oryx give is actually one of the best I've ever experienced in terms of that help. And it's really appreciated from our side as well. I can follow that, Philip, as well, saying that the operational and the commercial side of Oryx uh, has been great. Um, the, 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 side, the, the side helping us, uh, building the brand awareness, pushing games out, helping us with operators, uh, and just the communication between the two companies has been brilliant in, in my sense, in, in my what I've experienced. And I think this is going to get even better the more we go forward. And this is why we're so happy to, to be a part of the Oryx RGS network, because we believe that this is the future for, for, for Arcadum to really grow and to pro provide Oryx with a great product as well that they can be proud of and sell to their customers. Um, with the right support behind them. Exactly to, to Christians and also Philip's point, right? So it, this really goes both ways, right? Because we do have, we do have, we have accumulated a lot of know-how throughout the years. So we kind of know the basics, what, what you need to do where. Obviously, obviously something to point out with some studios, it's like, you know, especially with Fresh Studios, it's something like that. They come up with an idea which you know, you know it's not going to work, right? Because you did it in the past, but you cannot say it. Or even if you say it, right, uh, they're not going to believe you. They're going to be like, yeah. I'll make you a deal. You tell me that. You, you, you ever tell me one of my games like that? And I'll believe you. And I'll 100% believe you. So here and there you have to. You, you kind of have to let them run into a wall, right? Just a little bit. so that they, uh, you know. So I, I'd rather you tell me and I'm not running into a wall, to be honest with you, mate. So, we're like, so that, then they're collected and they're, then you just re-engage and then you take it from there. But uh, beyond that, it, it really goes both ways because there's, there's certain things, right, um, we're not able to do. Uh, us being right now on a level more of a corporate level already than anything else. So we have certain restrictions, uh, but exactly through these studios, we are able to kind of uh, 
uh, test out, uh, for instance, new mechanics, te- test out new stuff, te- test test out new ways of marketing, even right. Mm. Because, for instance, a new fresh in the studio is allowed to do in in their marketing effort stuff that we would not be able to do, right? Yeah. Whereas we support it, we just cannot say it, right? So obviously, it's it's a win-win situation um, in all the way, um, and cool. you know. That's why it's so exciting to just kick it off with Arcadem as well. And that's awesome because it, it actually led nicely into the other question because what do you sort of perceive the sort of future sort of collaboration with the likes of Arcadem is going to be for X down the line? One million dollars. We can see him as well and he was doing the whole finger thing as well. My lawyers will be proud. He would be proud. From an operational and commercial point, I think uh, the deal with Oryx will push Arcadem very forward. Um, uh, and the partnership and the communication we have with Oryx, I see this as, as a very good partnership. And I think that we will see a lot of, of benefits and, and, and fruit coming uh, in the future. I can only echo that statement as well. For us, it's a it's a great advantage. And, you know, we, as Nicholas mentioned, we are creating these new mechanics as well um, that are coming in the future down the line for Arcadum in uh, some in 2021 and some in 2022. So, you know, to be able to test these mechanics out with such a, uh, you know, an justified like Oryx is great for us because if it works, it'll work really well. And, you know, Oryx can help us build these mechanics to the full potential. So for me, as a, as a game designer and director of gaming, it's great to do that collaboration. Okay, Nicholas, another one for yourself. Um, and I suppose really, again, for the for the listeners to get an idea of sort of what sort of captured the attention, you know, from Kawa, the first game that uh, Arcadem put out there. What sort of grabbed you uh, for your attention to go, you know what, we actually need to start dealing with these guys and, and, and see if we can start working with them full time. So for me, again, it's uh, so I, I really like how I think it's uh, I really like dance uh, art style. For me, when I first saw the game, I was like, um, because I, I'm, I'm personally I'm a big fan of the neon teams. Uh, but what, more more than that, I, I like the combination of, uh, of you know, this uh, futuristic sam- samurai, if you want to call it like that. And then mm. uh, Philip even had that uh, because I knew it, when Kawa was released, I knew the first 10 games, right? I, I knew there, I was on that phone call I mentioned earlier, right? But, uh, so I knew there's going to be a follow-up. And I'm, I'm personally, I, I really believe that, uh, and also that's what I admire so much about Philip is, you know, you build a story and you usually don't tell a story in, in you know in one book I, I believe that the story is told in more chapters it's it's it has um, you know follow-up books so mm-hmm. us um, you know when i when i saw this and he told me this was just one of the stories we are going to tell um, i knew immediately you know you you build uh, he you know people build um, and i think that's a, a lot um, that's my personal opinion right now but there's there's a lot of that going on right now people build a game uh, for for a launch date and then they release it and the game does what the game does it's good it's bad uh, it dies either way right uh, after a while right it goes down the life cycle concludes it goes away but you know philip does uh, and like i said i admire that a lot you know he creates a universe he doesn't create a game right so within that universe we have a lot of freedom to create follow-up games to create new games that not only uh, you know Pro, extend the story, prolong the story, but also kind of revit, uh, revitalize the, the earlier games. Because you know, if you have, if you, if you tell tell your story through five games, you encourage people to revisit your older older games. And right from from that point alone, I think uh, 
for me as well, it's just more of an entertainment perspective because at the end of the day, slots are there for entertainment for people and they're paying money to play to play the games. And I feel some games, the player's just spinning and that's all they're getting. They're just getting wheels moving with some artwork. So I wanted to, as Nicholas said, present that kind of story. And I want players to you know, physically see that because in the Kawa game, you can actually see Kawa overlooking uh, the Citadel on to the uh, right of the wheel. But what's really good as well is I've actually already designed the, the full story for Kawa now. Um, so we can see the progression of himself and the characters um, and new additions as well. Um, the next game, actually, I'll, I'll tell you the title now, is the Neon Samurai Paradox's Great Heist. And Paradox is a character that we see in um, the Kawa game, but we don't really know what he's about. Well, you know now he's uh, on a great heist in the next game and he's going to be causing chaos. So Kawa's going to be chasing after him and people are going to really enjoy kind of that feel because I feel like they're going to get to know him more and his craziness. And then there's going to be a whole uh, story arc for both of these uh, characters. So I'm really looking forward to see how players perceive it. Hopefully it's good. If it's bad, I've done a bad job, but we'll see. For you both then, um, Philip and Christian, what are you sort of looking forward for the most, you know, out of the partnership with Oryx? What do you hope to sort of achieve from this? I would say um, we're really happy with uh, Oryx distribution network and how many people they reach and the yeah. fact um, that the partnership we have, the communication we have, um, it's more collaboration. Like uh, Nicholas mentioned before, with most RGS partners, they just leave you to sync. Uh, here, here, here you go, go out. With Oryx, they help us. So they help us with account management, sales. It's, it's a team collaboration. It's, it's a, not just an RGS partnership, more of a collaboration between us that will help uh, both sides push both the Arcadian, Arcadian brand and the Oryx brand forward uh, to achieve greatness. That's how I see it. I totally yeah. agree because I feel we you know, said we've got some great mechanics that we've got in mind and I want to work collaboration with Oryx with them to kind of perfect them and you know kind of make a statement out there and I believe with Oryx behind us we can do this um, before I think we wouldn't have struggled but it would have took us longer to do this but now with this kind of collaboration I think we can do stuff a lot faster than we were which I think is great for us and we, you know we can deliver some really good storylines and really great content to players and it's not just the Kawa series that has this, you know, the Frostbury series, uh, the Evil of the Frostbury Saga, as we call it. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of games planned for Frostbury and some side games for characters. And then we have kind of um, our game in March 2021, Starfang. It's just the start of a really cool story arc for that. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how we progress these with Oryx as well. Um, you know, some really cool promotions, um, maybe, you know, some additional um, things that we missed. Um, it's just, it's just I see no lack of benefits for us. Maybe just to add a little bit uh, on here. So something we haven't touched so much on, uh, but I did wanted to bring it up. Uh, and uh, Philip just gave a nice, uh, uh, nice point to that. So in terms of promotions, right? Um, this is also something we uh, we kind of really like to do here at Oryx. So we really like to take not only new games. New games do well on by themselves, but maybe take older games because we do have game providers who have uh, you know over 100 titles under their belt. So having starting out and having those learnings. Um, from from the previous campaigns we did, we've been doing this for a couple of years. Um, it's a lot easier to kind of set it up, uh, and then um, maybe to go one step back to the Oryx sub. Something we also do uh, and kind of uh, are quite pr proud of is uh, we have uh, this Oryx in-game features. Mm -hmm. We call them so this can be different different types of, of things, from reaching from three rounds uh, down to 
uh, all the way to a product which uh, we released a couple of months ago uh, and which is doing extremely well, I have to say. Uh, it's our uh, in-game real-time leaderboard. Mm -hmm. So it's something right. we're tremendously proud of, really. Uh, it's um, So we have um, in-game leaderboards which show up as a widget within the game client and the player can really see their movements every second. So if you do a spin and if, if the tournament is done in a way that every spin, for instance, gives you a ticket, you will see it in real time just happen. Right there, you will see your position, you will see where you stand against others, you will see the price pool. And these tools, and of course, obviously the free rounds on top, will be available on the first game we released together as well. And from there on, on every every single game we do. So once we accumulate a, por a portfolio and have those stories written out a little bit more, uh, we're gonna be able to do really, really cool promotions. That's what's really exciting ah. for myself as well for me. Because we want to bring gamification to, to our games as well. And Oryx for me, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've seen this uh, tool in place and it's, it's so dynamic and so fluid that if it'll just improve the gameplay uh, for the player, you know, we can actually reward the player while they're playing, which yeah. for me is is a fantastic thing to do because, you know, we're very much for the player experience. And you can see that throughout um, our future titles, Evil Elf and um, Tap House, which comes in January. We want to be able to do that. And as Nicholas said, Oryx's platform is built to do this, which is great. So what the what are the audience we're trying to sort of reach now, sort of with this partnership through the platform? Everyone, I'd say. <laughs> um, <laughs> Everybody in the system. Yeah. We always go after, uh, as we discussed in the previous podcast, you know, Arcade and we much about, much about responsible gaming. Yes. Um, so we go after a lot of the regulated markets. We like to be regulated. We like to be above board with everything. So we go after all the European markets. Um, now uh, the US market is yep. open Japan, slowly. Japan as well. You know, Oryx is going after the, or the the license in the US. So we're slowly gearing up for this as well. But yep. our main audience, I wouldn't say we have a main precise audience. I think we were worldwide, wouldn't you say, Philip? I think yes, we, I mean, we cater our games to fit every type, type of person. Mainly the millennials, maybe. Yeah. I don't like that word. But even the older generation. I mean, it, it depends where we'd like to get. Um, with Nicholas, could disagree as well. But it's for us, we don't target a specific market with the games. So, for instance, Tap House that comes out in January, it's a really cool mechanic. Um, it does cater to old school players with, with the mechanic because they enjoy, like, kind of that that like um, mechanic. Kind of but, but I won't spoil it because you'll see it um, on a demo in a few weeks. <laughs> Um, but we've stuck a lot of volatility into this game, which attracts obviously new players. But we have a really cool twist in this game. The base game is very friendly, patrons drinking and having a laugh together. But as soon as you enter the bonus, the game turns on its head. It becomes very dark. You have all the symbols replaced. You have highwaymen and shady bartenders and bags of gold and things like that. And so, players uh, are going to be sorry, shocked by that. Sorry to cut you to cut you off like that, yeah, but uh, that's usually what happens when I drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nicholas becomes the shady barman in a highway. Let's not have any of those stories. Let's not bring up London, Nicholas. Let's not bring up yeah. London. Nicholas no, no, only no. changed into a highwayman outfit and he's running around with a sword. Yeah, I've, I've seen it happen. No, just joking, just joking. Uh, joke that I saw the game. I did. I did have a chance to see the game, and uh, and I would agree. Um, it's really. It's like you. You're looking at two different games at once. Um, in terms of demographics, uh, we are, uh, I believe myself as well, able to reach a wide audience. Whereas I think we're going to be more popular with with uh, uh, a younger audience. So, uh, like Christian said, you know, if you like, 
like the word millennials, but I think, you know, millennials are a generation that's coming up, it's going to be next in line. Uh, and obviously, yeah, you have to cater to that uh, audience as well. Um, yep. So, you know, you have your old school uh, high roller players, um, which you want to cover as much as possible, but you you're, you cannot neglect uh, yep. the new generation that's coming up either. So, again, I suppose we're all super excited about Evil Elf. Um, you know, it, it's, it's really, really exciting for us. Um, what do you think your expectations are for when we physically roll the game out itself? Um, I'm super looking forward to the game coming out. Um, I feel like it's a, a solid Christmas game. I think it's very much out of the norm because everyone does happy-go-lucky Christmas, which, let's face it, 2020 is not happy-go-lucky by any stretch of the word. Um, so I feel like for me, I'm really excited to see how players perceive this game because obviously we have a lot of storylines in the future lined up for the characters within this game. So as a director of gaming, I'm interested in performance, don't get me wrong, but I want to see how the players enjoy and experience the storyline. And that's why I'm looking forward to it mainly. Yeah. The other guys will say different stuff. <laughs> I can follow on that. I'm looking forward to the game live in late November across a few sites and then the general release will be early December. Um, and we're much looking forward to Evil Elf and how it's going to disrupt the market a bit because the normal Christmas games are all, as Philip mentioned, all uh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. Well, here we actually we're taking a bit of a twist on the Christmas story and making it more of one of these. Uh, I can't mention the name, but this is a little Grinch-ish. Uh, but we're not using the Grinch, uh, but we we did our own twist on it. Make Christmas a bit different this year than it's been in the past. I'm pretty sure Frostbreeze would kick the Grinch's ass, to be honest. <laughs> in a fight, I'm sure. Say. I'm sure. Easily. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, because that was going to be the final question, but who's your favourite character? Because I think um, I think Frostbreeze is literally going to be badass, to be completely honest with you, but that, that's my personal opinion. Oh, I'm, don't mess with her, don't mess with her. I mean, I'm, <laughs> one, I'm interested in Nicholas. I bet Nicholas is all about the Santa Claus, because I won't be surprised. Nicholas, you tell, you tell us who, who do you like more? Who do I like more? What in a, in a specific game or in yeah. general? In um in in the Evil Elf, as you've played it many times by now, I'm sure. Who is your favorite <laughs> character? Yeah, I would just go with the main girl. Huh? Frostberry, <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. the way. Frostberry. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't wait to share. We have an animation planned. Um, into we're going to show in December for the game. Um, and yeah, Frostberry is in that, and she's doing a little thing. We've been teasing it a little bit on social uh, last uh, this last week. But I feel like she's going to be a character that wants to stick around, and it's 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 crazy because, as I said in previous podcasts, we've actually sit there as a team and we talk about Frostbreeze and her adventures like she's a real person. You know, we, we can't help ourselves, and we have so many fun things to do with with her character, but also the rest of the characters, you know, in the games. And it's the same for the future titles as well. As um, Nicholas has already seen Tap House, the characters are very defined in that game as well. Um, less of a story for the characters there, more kind of. It's, a, it's more about the tavern itself. But when we hit the road running with Starfang, um, we have a very cool knight and dragon that are duking it out to be, you know, the, the rulers of the world, basically. enough. Awesome stuff. Okay, brilliant. Well, listen, um, it's a pleasure as always, Nicholas. Uh, an absolute pleasure to have you on board this week. Um, it's been great getting your feedback and, and, and getting your understanding and all of your insights into, into how the partnership is going to work for the future. So it's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you very much indeed, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. You too. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Thank have a nice day. Ciao.